fell, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They gave, God gave the gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And all the believer must do now is receive God's gift. There's no first step to this. There's no waiting and tarrying for this. It's, the tarrying has already occurred. It's already been fulfilled. They went and they tarried in the city of Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. They already did the tarrying. So God's people today, you and I, we don't have to wait and wait and tarry and wait and long and work and work and work and work and work till finally the devil has got you convinced that he might let you think that you might be worthy to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, if you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you believe that He is your Savior, He died on the cross, He resurrected on the third day, He's ascended back on high, He's sitting next to the Father, you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that you're born again, then honey, there is no more waiting that must be done. Amen. That's the only step. That's There's no initiation to this except being a Christian, and once you're a Christian, you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. The promise is yours. I want you to say this out loud. The promise is mine. The promise is mine. Oh, that, that, that's weak now. One more time. I count to three. The promise is mine. Do you believe that the word of God is for you and the promise of the Holy Ghost baptism is for you? And so they went and they tarried in Jerusalem and so there's no giving to it anymore. It's receiving. God promised to send his Holy Spirit to believers and his promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came then. God hasn't given the Holy Spirit to anyone since the day of Pentecost. Hear me when I say that. God has not given the Holy Spirit to anyone since the day of Pentecost. That's the day he's given it to the church was on the day of Pentecost. He doesn't give it. He just waits for his believers to receive it. That you can receive and be filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire and with power. He has been here ever since. And people have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit ever since. The Holy Spirit is already here for the believers to receive. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to come down anymore. He's already here. As a matter of fact, he's been hanging around in this room tonight. I don't know if you realize it or not. When when the, the Bible says, I believe in Psalm 22, that, that uh, God inhabits the praises of his people. That's God's address. And the Holy Spirit has been here the moment you raise your hand. The the moment voices were lifted in praise and honor unto God, the Holy Spirit moving and operating in this room. I'm telling you, God says there's no waiting in this. The, the door is open to receive. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 17, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, Philip had went there and preached in Samaria. Great, great revival occurred. See, the devil was persecuting the church and tried to, to make havoc of the church and it separated. But here's Philip. Philip goes down. Listen, I'll tell you what. The world thinks that they can divide and conquer the church. The moment you start dividing the church, you start sending the church. 
and they start going all over the place and the fire doesn't die out. The fire begins to grow from one spot to another spot to another spot. I'll never forget it. Years ago when I was a teenager, we went to a teen event. Somebody was talking about liability tonight and the, the paper to sign. I just wonder what kind of paper the youth leaders have had to sign. Um, you know, with this, they've taken extra insurance out for them, for themselves. But we were at this, this way out in the middle of nowhere. It was somebody's property. And, and, and I tell you, he, uh, I, I'm trying to remember his name. What was his name? Steve. Yeah. Steve Kircher. Steve, and poor God's called Steve home. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But Steve Kircher's dad had some property way out in the middle of nowhere. Now, I was from Louisville, Kentucky, and there were buildings all over the place. I don't know if you knew that or not, but there are houses and businesses. It's a city. And so we went out to this far-out place in the middle of nowhere where there wasn't even a nearby gas station. I mean, it, it was pretty far out. In this open field area, in the, in the hot summertime, it was for the 4th of July, I believe. We were celebrating, going to have a cookout out in the middle of nowhere. Now we brought coals and we brought hot dogs and we brought the stuff ready, lighter fluid. Steve brought a lot of that ready to start the fire, to get a bonfire going. But the funny thing about that night was that we, we ended up having a lot of fire going on. We had a bonfire going, and Steve poured some gas, and the can kind of caught on fire. Steve threw the can, and out went this gasoline on fire going all over the place, and next thing you know, we had several fires going at the same time. We went and took whatever we could, whatever water, soft drink, ice, everything we could grab to put that fire out. Well, we eventually put it out before we lost the field. And we were so grateful to God we fell on our knees and said, thank you, God, that you saved us and spared us this night. But the fact is, is that, is that whenever the devil tries to stomp out, and that's what Steve did, he even tried stomping. When he did, he just started kicking more pieces of wood all over the place and started another fire. And, another, and I said, Steve, don't try and stomp anymore. Stop, stop. It's going all over the place. This is what the devil tries to do. He, tries, he has tried to stomp out the church. He's tried to stomp out spirit-filled faith and belief, but what's happened in his stomping, it just starts some fires all over the place. And that's exactly what is happening today. And so here, the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard about Philip and Samaria believing, receiving Christ in the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19 verse 1 through 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we've not even heard of any Holy Spirit. And so he witnessed to them. They were followers under John's baptism. And they believed in Christ Jesus and were baptized. That suddenly they, Paul laid hands on them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. Notice the scripture says that they received the Holy Spirit. 
not get the Holy Spirit. They receive him. Now the word receive in English is slightly different from the word receive in Greek. When used in English, it receive seems to be a passive word of, you know, maybe receive, man, eh, well, maybe so, maybe, you know, I don't know, I receive, maybe. You, it's kind of like getting a package, it's up to you to take it or not. It's, very, it's in a passive sense. But in the Greek, receive is a word called labano. And labano, the root of the word labano is lab. In other words, in order for me to receive this water, I take it and I've received this water. If Pastor Micah came and handed me this bottle, I would receive it and take it. I would take it with more aggression, more power. It's mine. I receive it. It's mine. And it's an actively laying hold of to take properly or to lay hold by aggressively taking it. Let me tell you, if you expect the Holy Ghost to do everything with you without you taking hold of him, if you call it a dance, it can be a dance, but you've got to take hold of him. And he will do a great work with you if you'll take and believe and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I actively, aggressively receive this and believe with all my heart that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is true and it's for me. It doesn't fall on you. It doesn't land on you. And it certainly isn't going to push itself on you. But you've got to take it and believe and receive. And so with that aggression and that passion, then God can use that and the evidence of speaking in tongues will come out of you. So they said to him, these disciples, we have not so much as heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. You've got to keep this in mind that the gift is already given. The Holy Spirit has already come. There's nothing that needs to resound from the heavens and to occur for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The gift is already given and salvation is the only qualification. Some of you might feel that you have certain thing that you must do before you're filled to be more right to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But if you're saved, you couldn't be more cleaner than the moment when you're saved. You don't get more saved. You don't get higher saved. You don't get deeper saved. You're just saved. You're forgiven. Every one of us aren't perfect, but we're forgiven. Every one of us has failed in many times, but we're forgiven. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our sins. So I want you to know that this isn't some mystical event and experience where that you've got to earn. You've got to be super duper holy instead of just being 
redeemed and forgiven. You've got to walk six inches above the ground and walk on air before you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. What baloney that is. All it is, all it takes is a person that will say, I believe, Lord, I believe in your word, and I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe that the promise is for me, and I freely receive what you're giving. Peter and John laid hands on the Samaritans in Acts 8. The Apostle Paul laid hands on the disciples in Acts chapter 19. And I want you to know tonight that when I lay hands on people and we lay hands on people, this is what I usually tell them. I tell them, receive the Holy Spirit. It's nothing I do. It's what you're doing. You're receiving the promise of God. You're receiving the promise of God. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, then you will speak with tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. You'll begin to speak in tongues. You say, Pastor, why are tongues so important? I don't know, but they are. It's the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You find it throughout Scripture that those who were baptized in the Spirit spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It was the usual occurrence of evidence. I just know that when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, something takes over in you. You just begin to praise God and love Him so much, and you're so determined that no matter what, nothing's going to hold you back. Just like if you walked into a Spanish class. How many here have ever had foreign language? Raise your hand. Okay. Now, you knew that when you signed up for Spanish or French, and that's usually the two, the, the key ones, there may be some others, I don't know. Somebody in this class, probably in this room, probably took Samoan. I don't know. But there, when you went to that class, you knew somewhere, somehow, you're going to speak something outside of English. You knew that you were. Even if you didn't quite understand it, your teacher was going to draw it out of you. Your teacher was going to, you were, knew that you were going to a place where you, wasn't going to, you weren't going to speak English all the time. So when you're prayed for, believe and know that God is going to do something with you and that God won't be doing the speaking for you. He'll give you the utterance. He'll put something inside of you. It may seem like syllables or baby talk or something. You, as you begin to glorify God, the Holy Spirit will begin to take over and your, your lips will quiver and shake. You'll begin to get a little tongue-tied. Why? Because the Spirit of God is taking over. You sense the presence of God in such a magnificent way. And it's almost as though you're drinking a drink that you can't get enough of it. You just got to keep on drinking and taking it in until finally what happens? You will start messing up on what your English really is and you'll start fumbling around. Why? Because transformation is taking part in the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost baptism. God is filling you with the Holy Ghost until finally you'll start speaking and you'll start saying things you never, you know, it's in you but you never really plan to say it. It's just coming out and you're standing there. Let me tell you you're full of the Spirit but you're not totally out of, the, out, out of this world, okay? 
You're still aware of your senses to what's going on. And if anything, your brain's telling you, why are you doing this? What is, what is going on? And the flesh is telling you, what are you doing, man? You're losing control. But your spirit man is saying, absolutely, absolutely. I don't want the flesh to be in control anymore. I don't want the most unruly member of my body, my tongue, to lead me and guide me in everywhere I go. I want the Holy Spirit to begin to speak through me and the evidence to occur. Lord, I want you more than anything. And let me tell you, when you're seeking this baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are seeking God. You're not seeking for an experience. You're seeking God. And the Lord will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with power. Some would say, you're being too elementary. Well, remember, this experience falls under grace. And grace is simple. And it's free. And this gift is given to all who believe. All, remember, when it rains, it gets everybody. It gets, except the ones who want to hold up the umbrella. But it gets everybody. Because it's that free. And God wants you to be empowered by the Spirit of God. Expect to speak in tongues. Expect. Expect. I usually tell folks that what to expect. People may not know what to expect. Sometimes people, you know, I've seen them in church services. The music is roaring and a lot of sound going on and all this, this stuff going on. And nobody can hear anybody say anything. It doesn't have to be pumped up. It doesn't have to be churned up and turned up. It just has to be received by the receiver. That you just receive. Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've seen it one guy one time at Bible college. He was from uh, one of the northern states. Actually, he came from a Quaker family. He was there at Bible college, and he was real quiet. Big guy, big guy named John. Wore a beard, huge guy. And at this Church of God Bible College, I was there when we had the church service, and everybody's there. You got all these Southerners, you know, getting all excited, and, and the other Church of God, all those who are raised in Pentecost. And here's this guy, John, who was just standing there, and just standing, where he had his hands raised. And, and there were people telling him to do this and that, and that and this, and do everything. Stand on your head, John, just, you know, do this and that, and go. And he tried something, nothing really, really happened. So finally the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You tell John. Go tell John to just open your mouth and just receive right now. Just, just receive. And John, you know what? I was expecting some Kentucky blast to come out of him. You know, because I'm from Kentucky and everybody screams in Kentucky. You know, we get all worked up and scream. But John stood there and his lips began to quiver. And in the quietest way he began to speak in tongues as the Lord baptized him in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because John was John. John wasn't supposed to be like David or Ron. He was supposed to be like John. And the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost with great confidence and joy and power. <laughs> utterance means the, that word utterance in the Greek means to utter forth, to speak out. And when you are praying, believing God and worshiping Him for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you'll have to speak out. You'll have to speak. The evidence to speak because you'll be doing the talking 
God's not going to, like Kenneth Hagin said, God's not going to take a radio and shove it down your, in your belly and then suddenly turn on and then it's going to do the tongue talking for you. You'll, you'll have to, by faith, begin to speak out. We don't receive anything from God without faith. You don't get saved without faith. You don't get healed without faith. And I'm telling you, getting baptized in the Holy Ghost is a step of faith because you will speak and believe this utterance in what's coming in you being the power of God. Acts 10 and 46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Paul laid hands on them in Acts 19, 6, and the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. I think one translation says mysteries is the secrets of the heart. Verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 14, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. That when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, how many here remember time when you were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues? You know, oh man, wow, wow, heaven came down and filled my life. You felt as though there was such a charge that came from God, a power and strength. And then you continue to seek God for a refilling and refilling of the Holy Ghost. Refilling of the Holy Ghost. And that's what the Lord wants to empower us. How many here want the power of God in your heart, your life, and want to be that witness? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we believe right now in your word and your promise. There are some hungry hearts in this, in this room, Lord. There are some hungry hearts to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that even students that are in this room will realize and understand they can be baptized in the Holy Ghost, no matter what their age is. They're saved and believed in you, Lord. You want to give them power.